Welcome back to First Off, You're Wrong, a podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I'm Luke. With me is actually Jeremiah. I'm back. He's back from army camp. I had army. He had I got army awards, mother. mother he from has army. Awards. He met a seal. Loose yes, seal. a loose seal yeah, at army. Hit him with a disclaimer. All right. So, guys, I want you to remember, and gals, everyone. You know what? Gals can be... <laughs> Gals qualify as the the northern guys. Whoever is listening, remember, this podcast is mainly opinion-based unless we otherwise state it. Our utmost authority as Christians is, of course, Scripture. But with many of the topics we deal with, they may not be directly addressed, or they may be gray areas in the Christian life. Our goal is to make you come away from this podcast thinking about subjects you may not have thought about in the past or thinking more deeply about subjects you may have already been thinking about. Very good. Man, yeah. it's good that you did that. I did it last time, last week. How'd it go? It's a little too fast, but I think uh, I got it out pretty over. You gotta have a good cadence, good rhythm. Yeah, good, I don't. Good timbre. The thing was, I had just woken up, and I remember that it was Monday, and I said, mm. I've got to get this out. You, you so had a, I was like, you had a case of hey the Mondays. Guys, just make sure you remember that. Um, and then I was like, I probably should have had coffee, probably should have woken up for like two or three hours, and then I probably would have been okay. Also, to everyone, as you can maybe tell, hopefully can tell, there's no um, ridiculous echoing and reverb. No, we got we have actual name brand microphones. Because we now. figured it out instead of using the microphone. We did from it like right it. seven years it. ago that my sister had uh, stored away at my parents' house. So maybe we sound a little bit better. And if we don't, well, I'm sorry. But well, thanks for wrong. sticking with us through all that. I couldn't believe that people actually still listen. I know we had we had quite a few listeners, which was and quite encouraging. We, like to thank Jay for coming on and doing those yeah. episodes and making it possible for us to have two episodes put out so that Jeremiah could go to Army and not be um, bothered to get on a you know a Discord and maybe just do a show with me from the Army. Yeah, no, I didn't want to do that. Oh, from an undisclosed location? No, as long as I can be away from you, I savor those moments. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> anyway, all right, what's our topic today? I don't know. Normally, I ask you what people are wrong about. So what are people well, wrong about, Luke? I mean... We have we have a rhythm. I know we have a rhythm, but it's been like, what, three weeks since we recorded? All right, so what is okay, the problem? Okay, fine. What, what, what are people okay, wrong about? Okay, so today? we're going to basically use this episode as an opening section for a series Ooh. we're planning on. Continuing, and we might, you know, it might be, we'll probably do a couple episodes about it, and then switch to another topic, and then come back and do another topic after that, and you know, kind of go back and forth. But the overarching theme for the next many episodes is going to be Christian media. Now, that's a very tales. Very oh, Veggie Tales will be addressed. A lot of Veggie Tales since Jeremiah's been away to get ready for this. You've been pre gaming on Veggie Tales. <laughs> pre gaming lots of Veggie Tales and uh, <laughs> Adventures of Odyssey. Yeah. But, um, you know, just different uh, things you might think of. So, like, if I say Christian movies, what, what's, what's, what's a big Christian Left movie? Behind. Left Behind. Good yes. old Kirk. That's literally the first one I remember. Because I got the planes at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Where they start blowing up and never understood why. Is that because they went to war? Honestly? Or Israel or something? Here, here's the thing. I've never seen the Kirk Cameron Left Behind movies. Oh, really? Okay. Nope. I've seen the Nicolas Cage Left Behind movie. Okay, I've never seen that one. That one is a gem. Is that it really? That is a beautiful movie. Okay, so the thing with the Kirk Cameron one is that there's a part where uh, Nikolai Carpathia... See, I remember the guy's name. That's how crazy <laughs> that is. Uh, so he... They're in like a meeting of like the world order. Yeah. And then one of the guys won't go along with it, so he shoots him. And that's what every parent... Will remember this, and every kid that grew up with this movie will remember it. Or your parents were like, "All right, you got to close your eyes. You can't watch Nikolai shooting whoever th- this person was across from him." <laughs> and I was like, "I just want to. I've never watched it to this day. I've still never seen that scene." Wow! I need to look it up after this. I probably that was will. the other thing I, I realized. I, I realized this today. There was a video game about Left Behind. Really? It was called, uh, Left Behind. Uh, what was it? Tribulation Force or something like that. I think I actually have heard and of this. And it was a uh like a a, a a turn-based uh role-playing game pretty much. So kind of like uh Dungeons um, and Dragons. No, like <laughs> Civilization oh, okay, or yeah, Age yeah. of Empires. It was very similar Builder to that. Tribulation. So you had if evil. you were playing in your uh if you were playing single player, you would be a one of the Christians that was left on earth to, you know, be uh, prophets and, you know, proclaim the gospel and you'd be fighting against the new world order. 
And if you did multiplayer, then your friend who was playing with you would be the New World Order, and then you would be part of the Tribulation Force, and you'd be fighting the good fight. You get of... you get points based on how many converts you got. And it, it I, I watched a whole thing about it today. Oh. The plan with it, the plan <laughs> for this video game was to be put in care packages and sent to soldiers in Iraq. So can you imagine? It never, it never world. happened. But can okay. you imagine there, there, there could have been a moment where people in Iraq looking for WMDs were also going back to the barracks at night and pl- playing play, Left Behind Tribulation Force, the video game. <laughs> but it's kind of like, case, okay, so like, it's like, that wouldn't it be weird to be the New World Order? Yeah. Like, you're like, how can you really, do we want to get behind that? Like, yeah. You know, I'm I feel really fighting hard. That'd be, I, I, I played a, like a lot of Star Wars games when I was a kid, and I always liked playing as the Sith just because they were cooler. You know, the Sith were the cool guys. I think they a, had good, a, a good, um, but a, a good, the like, New comparison. World Order is a little bit too, oh, yeah. too realistic well, for my com- taste. A good comparison to that also is probably like when you play World War II games and they have like the Nazi side, mm-hmm. and like they have like the best one is there was a game that used to have it, the Nazi campaign, and I played it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm killing oh, America. Was that Medal of Honor? No, it was a Band of Brothers or yeah. Brothers in Arms. Brothers, Brothers in, Arms. in Arms. I know that yes. one. Yeah. And so we would play it. They're macking on starfish. I don't know what that means. And if that was a curse in German, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't think it is. Uh, but we and my buddy used to make fun of that all the time. But again, it was one of those weird things where I'm playing as the enemy, killing Americans. I was like, this seems really that wrong. Metal, and it's the same. Medal of Honor had a campaign where you would play as the Japanese. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and then... And, but, it's, but it's like, it's like yeah, I like why... Like, it's the same thing with the Left Behind Tribulation thing. It's like, why would I want to... Do I want to win that? I don't... I don't know. I don't think I do. But anyway. But regardless, that was just... That, that's a piece of Christian media, right? Yeah. We have movies, and there's also a video game that was a spinoff of that. I remember... Uh, you you can think of you know we'll probably even touch on music during this. We'll I was gonna talk say about- music was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I when I started thinking about this topic, I thought started thinking of Bible Man. I started thinking of the Adventure Adventures of Odyssey. I'm pretty sure that's the one where the bread in the cartoon looks so good. Yes. I've never been able to find that bread in real. I know life. exactly what you're talking. Like about. it makes me salivate when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um. Christian music, obviously. It's a nice croissant. <laughs> Christian music, obviously a huge media source. Yeah. And then you got things like, what, CBN and uh, yeah. e- 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 Ewan TN. The 700 or, Club. Oh, this, I, yeah, yeah, that's right, 700. I totally that was about that. Uh, yeah. the gym I used to go to. They used to always have, uh, you know, it would be like CNN, Fox, and CBN. Those were the three that were on all yeah. their TVs. And so you'd be walking past and you'd see just the it, the things that would make me the most angry were usually the things on cbn <laughs> but um oh my god you know that that all qualifies on under this umbrella and so you know like i said movies music video games uh podcasts wow looky there wow look who self no, self-promotion those are good you know how many how many christian podcasts can you think of i i listen to wretched radio a lot blog and may blog blog and may blog well Doug Wilson, he, is my that boy is that technically a podcast too that does is he, do, he does is, a podcast yeah, he has a podcast i've only ever one. read and then he has also um dang there's another one that he does and i can't remember what it's called it's some other play on of you know something yeah. like that i, I, I watch his youtube videos and i like I read his read his articles on blog and may blog, but I didn't know that there was yeah. a podcast too. But yeah, that sort of stuff. Christian radio stations, you know, good old K Love. I think every city in the U.S. has K-Love. a K Love. I totally forgot but, about K Love. Um, you know, DJC. Yeah, my favorite. WGIB. Yep, WGIB. Yeah. Amen. Your boy. Where God is blessing. Yes. Now uh, we probably won't talk about them because we like them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's so many different areas of the christian life or there's so many different areas of the secular world that christians have become plugged into and we've been able to use the influence that that brings to spread the gospel so movies right we could have just the christian worldview could have said oh you know what we're not doing anything with movies that's not really in our wheelhouse well there are a lot of good christian movies yeah. Um, even good Christian TV shows. Good now. Christian TV What's it, shows. The Chosen. That's actually a pretty good one. 
Uh, oh man i really don't like don't the we'll get into it we'll get into I, that dude, i keep getting people calling me about that and being like dude have you seen the chosen have you seen the chosen and i'm like i've chosen not to see the chosen i i at this point i like my heresy uh to not <laughs> be, you don't think uh, the history channel is the paladin of truth <laughs> is it How the history you? channel that produces the chosen sure it is, yeah it is the really history, yeah oh. it's history channel and then no course, the the history channel did the bible tv no, show i I'm almost positive. Who would do the chosen then? I know Dallas Jenkins is the don't tell me the showrunner. I mean, it, no, it's got to be his. I bro. think it's Angel Network or something like that. It's it. it I think it's run through. You, know, you just keep talking. I'll look it up. I can't remember, but re- regardless of where it goes through, um, I think when I think of good Christian movies, the first one that comes to mind is Flywheel. Have you ever heard of the movie Flywheel? I've heard of it, but I've never watched there's, it. There, there, it's from the same people that did Fireproof, Courageous, Actually, War I know, Room. I know Fireproof. You see, there's so many of these movies that people, and they're always like such a very simple title, so I can never remember which yeah. one's which. Fireproof is the one where the, the guy's a firefighter, and him and his wife are like about to go through a divorce. And is, it cause he his has, dad, is that the one because he has a porn addiction, and he throws the, the computer out? It's Kirk Cameron, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. okay, that's yeah. right. Okay, well, the... All those movies made by the people whose names I can't remember, those are all pretty good movies. Like, they might not... Flywheel specifically was one of their first ones that they did. The story in that movie is really good. It, it, it's a compelling story about a dad who owns a used car business and he's, uh, you know, cheating people out of money. Kind of doing the, like, Danny DeVito thing from Matilda where he's running the clock backwards. Oh, and man. Doing all that sort of stuff. Machine. Well, he's going to church and he's pretending to tithe. I remember that was, a like, I don't know why that scene sticks with me, but he's sitting with his family in church and his, uh, his wife, I believe, if I remember the story right, was more uh, devout than he was. He was just kind of going there for the show of, you know, saying he went to church and the way that they showed, they didn't say it like they didn't say, Oh, I don't, I just go to church to, to go to church. They actually did some good visual storytelling where in church they're sitting there and the offering plate gets passed down and you see him grab an envelope out of the pew in front of him, look inside so that there, you could see there's nothing in there. Then he, uh, looks around, make sure his people are looking and puts the empty, empty envelope in the plate to show like, Hey, I'm just here for the show. I don't really care about what happens. And that scene is so impactful because it doesn't baby the audience. You know, right. it, it, it shows, it doesn't tell there's no, you know, Hey, I just go to church because I feel like, you know, let myself be known. No, it shows you how he feels. And a lot of those movies do that. They don't treat the audience like, hey, you know, just it's a Christian movie, so we got to make sure that everything we say is, you know, hey, well, Jesus says do this, Jesus says do that. They very clearly give Christian messages, and they very clearly give the gospel, but they do it in a way that isn't, it, it, it's a lot more palatable without being... Yeah. Without being limp-wristed. You see, it also, is it like hokey or is it like you're saying no, it's not hokey? No, 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 hokey. it's not it's hokey like, at it's all. Like very, it's like it's uh, very artistic, mature. I guess you It's very mature. It's, it's how, it, like the way that all the stories are told, it feels like it could be a real-life story. Okay. Because the characters feel real. You know, the, the in, Flywheel is probably one of my favorite ones by them. It, the... The camera angle, the, the the way it's shot is definitely, you can tell this was not the highest production value movie ever, but it's still a good story. It's still a good movie. Fireproof is another one. That's a good story. Uh, you know, I watched that one when I was a kid and it came out and I didn't really appreciate it. And then as the more you watch it again, when you get older, Fireproof has a really good story and you can see like all this nuance that isn't, it, it, it's... It's not surface level. Right. It, it shows all this stuff that like, okay, I can tell that this marriage is struggling. Courageous is another one. You see all this stuff that isn't just, you know, they aren't putting it out there in plain sight. You actually have to pay attention to the movie and understand. Right. Well, these are real people going through real movie problems. You're watching. This isn't yeah. like the, the, I guess when, when Christian movies would come out back in my day, <laughs> um, they would just. Everyone was always looking at them like they're just super hokey. Yeah. You, you know, no one really wants to go watch them. 
I would still have to watch them because our church would want us to watch them. That was fine. I didn't really hate any of those movies. You, know, you just feel like they're kind of hokey or whatever. But I think like as movie production has gotten better and better in Hollywood, it makes it so like the movie production like on the Christian side of things is able to move forward <laughs> as well because it's easier, more accessible to get the cameras. It's more accessible to get the writers. People can actually like make, hey, let's make a good story instead yeah. of something that's like people are going to be like, I mean, it was a good message, but like, would I watch the movie again? No. Like, you want people to rewatch the movie. There's a good message in these movies. So, you know, and then you you contrast those movies, Fireproof, Courageous, um, all those other movies, War Room, that have a really good production value. They're really well made and they're, they're real stories put to the screen. You contrast that with, I'm going to say a, a movie name and I want to see what your reaction is okay. to it. The Cross and the Switchblade. I've never heard of You've that. never heard I've of that never movie. never heard of that movie. We got to sit down and have a viewing party oh, of The Cross and the Switchblade. All right, that's fine. Oh, so Cross <laughs> and the Switchblade. Here we go. I don't know if it's based on a true story or if it's a, a random story. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that love The Cross and the Switchblade. But to me, it's the perfect example of the hokey Christian movie. They take a very serious situation, gangs in Detroit or Chicago back in like Whoa. the 60s, okay. and this Christian evangelist says, I'm going to go and minister to the gangs in Chicago and the drug, the, the people who are drug addicts, right? You would think, wow, that's a very deep, serious topic, and this needs to be handled very delicately. Until you watch the movie, and it is just ham-fisted, terrible writing, and as you're watching it, it's almost like they're making a mockery of evangelists going to troubled places, because wow. okay. they, they have one scene I remember vividly, one of the main characters who she was in the gangs, and she was like a heroin addict, and it was almost like they pulled a scene from Dragnet to show, like, this is what happens when you give up. I don't even know if it was heroin or, or what it was. It was some some drug. It could have been marijuana, for all I know. And the scene of her going through withdrawals was, it wasn't serious. It was hilarious. Because it's almost like they just took what they all assumed would happen when you stopped, you know, smoking meth or whatever. And they said, okay, I, we've never seen withdrawals before. I think it's going to be like this. And you have this woman just on a laying on a bed and she's just going, ah, for like five minutes straight, just rolling back and forth. And they're just like putting cold compresses on her head like she's got to sweat out the evil. And you're like... Cinematic genius right there. Whoa. And, and leading up to it, they're all going, she's going to give up her heroin addiction. Oh, you know what that's going to mean. That means she's going to go through withdrawals. Well, if she goes through withdrawals, they might kill her. Well, I know they're not going to feel good. And then it goes to her going through withdrawals. And the whole movie was like that. You know, if you go down there, they're going to cut you. Well, I got the power of the Bible on my side. They're going to believe me. Oh, well, there's a gang war about to start. Well, I'm going to stop it with the power of John 3.16. So and it, <laughs> it 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 could have been a really the power really of John good, 316. It could have been a very excellent movie. You have yeah. all these elements that would be a great movie, not necessarily production value wise, but story wise. You could have shown all these things in a very specific way, and you could have handled it a lot more seriously. But you wanted to make a Christian movie first and you have to hear me out on this one. You want to make a Christian movie first and because you think, Oh, well it's a Christian movie. It's going to a Christian audience. It can be a certain way. No, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be mass appeal. Well, there's a reason that things that have a mass appeal are appealing because the stories are well-written. The stories make sense. You can follow them. You get invested with the characters. Just because you're telling a Christian story doesn't mean you can get away from those things that make the stories 
inviting to listen to. Right. I mean, I guess you can, and they do a lot with some of that stuff. They do. So do you think with Christian media, I mean, if you look to the Bible, right, we have all kinds of stories in there. Great stories, Old Testament, New Testament, yeah. the parables, Beatitudes, that's not a story, but you know, like, you know, yeah. the Sermon on the Mount, all this... So many events that happen, like, I mean, Paul describing the stuff going on in the church. Does it, I mean, do we actually, I mean, I think that like, so there's a different sex of Christian media, right? So you have like podcasts or talk shows where Mm -hmm. we kind of analyze things or make observations, kind of like what we're doing. Yeah. And then you have things like, like what you're talking about with the movies and like with, with Veggie Tales and with all that kind of stuff for kids, and then even the adult movies and stuff like mm-hmm. Flywheel, War Room, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, with the Bible already having all of these, like, I mean, it is. I, I mean, this sounds weird, I guess, to some, right? But it's it's a great read. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is. Like, you can go to the Bible and all kinds of, answers the questions of life. It just yeah. does. It has all the answers for you that you need right there. And even going through and reading the gospel four different viewpoints of it yeah four different books of the same thing right um because i've been asked before why by a friend of mine it was why do is there four books that literally just describe the same thing Mm -hmm. and then i had to go through with him like do you see let's go through and show you what yeah what the difference is between each one is it all points to the same thing but you know they're all obviously different but with that do we necessarily need all of these movies and stuff or all of these like kid shows and things like that because I mean I think explaining to kids even Bible stories and stuff like that I mean as we talked about with children's church you can do it um, it's possible mm-hmm. so is it really necessary to have like not I'm not saying like the sect of discussion of dissection that kind of thing but more of the the side of entertainment to mm-hmm. bring someone to Christ I mean, I guess it's more, is it more for secular audiences to bring them to Christ? Or is it to well, bring, like, what, what would you say with that? Let's look explicitly at the Bible for, for this answer. Okay. What are the Psalms? Well, they would be like, it's like poems. Poems, songs. Yeah, songs, songs. Yeah. What about Proverbs? What is Proverbs? It's just, it's like wisdom. Okay. Well, like, that's it, the best way I can say it. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a book of wisdom. Yeah. And what, hey, what is Leviticus? It's, it's law. Yeah. It's the law, right? And then what is uh, Revelation? That would be the end times. Prophecy. Prophecy. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, in however many books I just named, we had a book that was songs. We had a book that was wisdom. We had a book that was law. We had a book that was history. We had a book that was prophecy. All those different things we look at. The writing styles are all going to be different. The reason they were written is all going to be different. And what they point to is the same. They all point to Christ. But the way that they point to Christ is different. Right. So with with that in mind from the Bible, all the different ways of writing. John had a very different writing style than Paul. Right. John, John wrote in a, in a circle, for lack of better terms. Paul wrote A, B, C, D. Uh, with that in mind, I don't think there's an issue at all with saying, hey, we're going to point people to Christ. Let's point people to Christ using music. We're going to tell, we're going to share the gospel with a song. We're going to share the gospel with a movie. We're going to share the gospel with a book. We're going to share the gospel with a TV show. You can do all of these things and if you are doing it correctly, if you are sharing the gospel in a, in the right manner, you're not, you know, taking pieces and adding pieces here and there like the chosen, or you're not taking things away like the chosen. Uh, when you're doing that the right way, you're still sharing the gospel. You're just getting it to maybe a broader audience, maybe a more specific audience. You don't know. Maybe, maybe you uh, have to... I don't know, maybe you're, you know how to speak Spanish and you decide, Hey, you know, I know how to speak Spanish and there's really a lack of, you know, solid Christian TV shows in Mexico. So I'm going to help create a a TV show for Mexico. That is a solid Christian foundation. And it's going to be in Spanish, written in Spanish for Spanish speaking people in Mexico. 
that's not a problem at all. No. You have that ability. You should do that. If you if that's what you're called to do, if that's what you know how to do and you've been blessed with that knowledge of how to continue and how to reach those people, why wouldn't you want to do that? Just like if you know English and you speak English and you have the ability to make a Christian movie, why wouldn't you? If you if you're if you know how to write very well, not saying that your books have to all be, you know, hey, this is uh all you know, I'm, I'm going to write a book on soteriology because I know how to, how to write well, write good. And I can, uh, I can do all this stuff and I got a typewriter. I can do it myself. No, you don't have to do that. You can write a book that has Christian morals, that has Christian values that, you know, you can say, Hey, look, this book was written by a Christian author. And I know that if my kid reads this, it's not like Doug Wilson, he writes kids, kid books. I know that if I give my, my child a Doug Wilson kids book, I'm not going to have to worry about what crazy ideology is going to be espoused in there because it's Doug Wilson. You might say something about infant baptism, but yeah, hey, you might know come what? Back post mill too. Yeah, uh-oh. my kid. Uh oh. Uh oh. But you know, I don't have to worry about that as much. Right. So with with Christian media, when when we think about it, uh, I think there needs to be a couple distinctions made that, to me, I haven't really seen made in a lot with a lot of people. The first one is, is what you are making specifically for Christians, by Christians, and it's going to be teaching and, uh, you know, teaching and righteousness? Good example of that would be the visual Bible uh, or a Keith and Kristen Getty song, right? You're make they're making music to be sung in church. They're making worship music that is specifically for the church by the church by Christians. The visual Bible that have you ever heard of those? The visual Bible? No, I've not. I I you describe it. I will, but I have only ever seen the the one that's the book of Matthew although there is one for each of the gospels i believe and what it is is it takes each verse in the bible in the book of Matthew and it they have a guy uh who is narrating the parts that aren't spoken and then if there's a part that's spoken by Jesus or by Paul or not by Paul by Peter yeah. um in the book then they would have an actor read those and it would be as if it was a tv show excuse me it'd be as if it's a tv show or a movie so there's actors and there's a narrator but they don't skip any verses they don't go around anything so it's a four-hour movie the book of matthew one and i really like the book of matthew it's, it's, one. it's a movie though yeah yeah so they they filmed an actual movie really that is verse by verse it's on youtube it's free the, no the visual way. bible book of matthew yeah um, is it only the book of Matthew? No, they have. I think they have John and Luke. Obviously, well, this is. But a lot I've of only. Filming. I've. I'm only going to stand by the book of Matthew one because that's the one I've seen. Yeah. And yeah. I know some people aren't as comfortable. My wife being one of them, she's not very comfortable with people portraying Jesus, which I totally understand. Yeah, I understand you know, that's that. that's that's definitely a dicey topic. What makes me more comfortable with this is they aren't taking away what Jesus said and they aren't adding to what Jesus said. This is what just actually this is reading. What this the is Bible the says. words that Jesus spoke yeah. on the Sermon on the Mount, and going through and watching it, you see the entire story played out from beginning to end. If you sit through and watch the whole thing in one sitting, which is you know four hours, it's like maybe Dude, a bit excessive. I'm, I'm now very intrigued by this. It, I'm it's probably, very well done as well. It's, tomorrow now, my it's, it's early that. 2000s, late 90s, so it's okay. definitely got that vibe to it, but they're on location. There's scenes where they're in the temple. They're they're doing things that, you know, they talk about. The Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. They're on the Mount. Uh, when they're so out fishing, sick. they're like on that. the Sea of Galilee. And so, all this stuff happened when the, the crucifixion scene. They're on Golgotha. I think that that would be like that itself would be something even like an unbeliever mm-hmm. watches to- where it's like because you look at like passion of the christ some of these movies and some of these things i think it goes like kind of with the with the music thing mm-hmm. super emotional like super gets you right down in the heart and then you know is there really anything that's going to come of it probably not but 
I think that something like that, like what you're talking about, the visual Bible, where it goes through the whole thing, it's not just like... And in the corner, it says chapter 17, that's verse 8. I think that that actually is something that could be very beneficial. It like is kind of so... help people like look at... And it's the Gospels, too. Yeah. I mean, I'll, a, post, I'll post a clip on, on the Twitter when I remember. On the Twitter. On the, on the Twitter. Um, F underscore, O underscore, Y underscore. The, the, the part in Matthew where... Jesus is um, giving the seven woes to the Pharisees and Sadducees. Where he's a woe to you, keep, uh, teachers of the law and Pharisees, your whitewashed tombs, that whole section. It, it's beautiful because this actor who's portraying Jesus, who I've never seen in anything else, he, he is actually giving emotion. It's not like you're sitting there reading and saying, oh, woe to you. No, it's woe to you. It's, he is, he's breaking down in tears, mm-hmm. looking at his creation. And you, can, you feel that coming from him. It feels like, wow. It, it reminds you that he's an actual person. That he was an actual physical being that walked on earth. And seeing stuff like that is a great reminder to me. Yeah. And th- honestly, the, the visual Bible book of Matthew is is the gold standard for me of when I think of Christian media in general. I over go, all, I've over go watch this all topics. It's it's the gold standard because it doesn't add, it doesn't take away, it shows and it portrays, but it does not do anything besides portray. So when it when it comes to Christian media, that that's that's the perfect example. Uh, I remember my dad saying years ago. He said uh, when that Noah movie came out. Do you remember with um, Russell Crowe? Oh, I never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, when that came out, he was very angry, as my dad is wont to do when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> Christian things. Righteous, come and interrogate us about it. What thick, do you guys think about this? Let a thick you. righteous anger came out of his yeah. uh, goateed face. And he, he said, if they just made a movie about David and they didn't change anything but what the Bible said, they just took the Bible, they took that, used it as a script. The good, the bad, everything. And everything, yeah. it would be the number one selling movie in the world when it came out. Why don't they do that? Why don't they? The story of David, if they just took the story of David, changed nothing. And Actually, put it to I, screen. I can tell you why because they, they we popularize. It would these, be popular. Well, I'm saying we popularize these other stories. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows the story of Noah and the Ark. Yeah, I mean, come on. Even non-believers know that. Yeah, everyone knows the story of Adam and Eve. Everyone, that's not even a movie, but you know, everyone knows that story. I mean, everyone knows um, Jonah and the whale. People know these stories. People know about Moses. Like go mm-hmm. go to the prince. Is it Prince of? Persia, not Prince of that's a Prince of Egypt. Prince, Prince of Persia is the yeah, sands yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince of <laughs> Egypt, but like, like any of those animated movies, yeah. they're all from the most popular and popularized like Bible stories mm-hmm. because everyone you just know about. It. Like we, most people know about David, but they don't know about all the stuff that yeah. David did, all the adventures, all the things that he had to go through in life. They know about David and Goliath, mm-hmm. but they don't know about David the king. Yeah. I mean, really, they don't. No one really knows about it. They don't know about... I mean, they might... Oh, yeah, David and Bathsheba. Why do I recognize yeah. that? But they don't understand David and Uriah. Yeah, exactly. They don't understand David and Uriah's... Uh, I think it was uncle, who was his closest advisor that he betrayed. Speaking of, VeggieTales does a really good interpretation of that story. I, that was Do you want one, me to get into VeggieTales now, or should we wait for the whole episode? We will, we will go We'll go another time. But it was a great, it was about the, the rubber duckies, and he looked down, and he really wanted another rubber ducky that uh, someone had. I can't, it, had to, it wasn't Bathsheba, it was, it was the broccoli kid. I don't know, but he was taking a bubble bath, and he just had that. <laughs> Jeremiah is turning red in the face. There's steam coming out of his ears. Okay, I'll put it this way. The, the problem I have with VeggieTales is exclusively with their biblical interpretations. Because just like I was saying with uh, the visual Bible, how that is exact. They do not mince words. They stay exact. You look at every biblical interpretation from VeggieTales, and what do you see? You see a kid who, oh, well, 
we can't, you know, kids don't understand, uh, you know, we don't want to scare them with, with this part about David and Goliath. So instead of throwing a stone at his head, really it's going to be a, a grape and we're going to pretend that the grape that actually did? made him go to sleep and he didn't die and he wasn't decapitated. Or, uh, I don't know if that's what they did, but like you just said with the yeah. rubber ducky, Yeah, the rubber ducky thing, yeah. Now the kid's going to grow up and think, oh, well, th- that story wasn't about adultery. That story was about stealing. What that about, story wasn't about, about murdering your best friend. That story Barbara wasn't about humanity. Okay, that's you different. Are the one that's for different. Me. Exactly. Okay, or about or, my cheeseburger. Uh, the, Miami no. cheeseburger. I'll wait for you. Ooh. My uh, what is it? Everybody's got a water buffalo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a good one. No, I, I, I love the saying. silly song. No, I exactly. love the parodies of movies that they do. Like those were all great. Saying, yeah. The Larry Boy ones. I love those. But when they're going specifically into the Bible and they are taking the story of Ruth. And they're trivializing these things for kids. Just like I said when we talked about Children's Church, how they're going to grow up and think, oh, well, those are just stories. Those don't actually have moral implication on my life. Yeah, They're going to yeah. grow up, and when they hear the real story, they'll be shocked and disgusted and say, how come, you know, that wasn't what I was taught in Children's Church. This is way worse. The Bible is terrible. Why should I listen to them? They, they talk about rape in the Bible. Sorry if you have kids listening. Uh, they talk about murder. They yeah. talk about murdering adultery. and adultering. And that's supposed to be the man who was a man after God's own heart, was the man who murdered and committed adultery. I mean, Solomon was the wisest man to ever live and had how many concubines exactly. and all kinds so of women. So trivial, like trivializing, trivializing stories from the Bible and turning these real people into vegetables and fruit to make it more appealing to the kids is not what we should be doing. Okay, well, let's end it right there because there's so... We got to get into that in one of the episodes. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go That's any further. such a good... I mean, oh, I cannot wait for that part. I'm but that, so well, that will be a tales. whole episode itself. It's I'm just going to veggie watch tales. so many veggie tales just to make sure I'm ready for this. But, um, so we, we talked about... Um, Movies, music, etc., that are explicitly by the church for the church. Yeah, worship music, things like that. We'll go into those in more detail as well. But then you have things that are uh, made to specifically point to uh, biblical truths, biblical morals, uh, made by the church. But they might be for a more wider audience, like Flywheel and War Room. Those movies they were made by Christians, uh, Left Behind, for. Yeah, for whatever that's worth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left Behind was made by Christians. Wait, which one though? The fir- we'll just go with the first one. Oh, but the Nick the Cage Kirk one. Cameron. I need to go watch that one. Go the ahead, Nick yeah. Cage one. I need to. Go, I just. I need to watch. It. He was the pilot, right? Yeah. 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 But you you look at all these things, and you say, okay, well, if we are making a movie that points to something that is a Christian value, Christian virtues, the ways Christians behave and act, we need to be very careful if we are anticipating it. To go beyond the Christian uh, circles, we should be careful with everything that we do to make sure that what we we can't be accused of anything. But when it comes to movies like that, we need to make sure that we are very careful when we are trying to portray things. I think that um, Fireproof does a great job of that. They're very careful when it talks about divorce. And when it talks about these real life situations, because if they had gone about it and just said, hey, you know what, when it comes to divorce, then, uh, you know, and if, if you ever got a divorce ever, then you're never capable of, you know, being an active Christian and being a member of a church. No, one of the biggest influences in Kirk Cameron's character's life is his co-worker who went through a divorce and got remarried. And he's a Christian. And he says, you know, I got a divorce from my wife before I was saved, and then I got saved, I realized what I had done, and I tried to go back, but it was too late, she'd already remarried, and it was hard for me, but I had to move on with my life, and it it tears me up inside that I made that mistake, but I'm forgiven by the grace of God. And you watch that as a believer or a non-believer, if it was just, you know, the right hand of punishment the whole time, that would not be that, that would not be an accurate representation of Christ's love. Right. The opposite is true, too. If it showed anyone doing whatever they wanted and getting away with it and saying, oh, well, God is love, so he'll forgive me, 
that's not an accurate representation either. I think that most of the time, though, they go with the the former, which is that they make it where it's so viscerally unappealing to whatever the act was. And it's like, look at all the th- the bad things that are going to mm-hmm. happen to him, as opposed to like, hey, you know, the we cannot understand the love of God. Even mm-hmm. when we mess up and we do something really stupid, and there's always forgiveness with repentance, obviously. Um, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, well, I'm forgiven, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but like we're actually repenting of what we've done, the awfulness of it. It can, it can God is always there to forgive us. It's not like it's just gone. And I think that you, some of the movies, they can go a little far. I think Fireproof, I still remember Fireproof. And it was a very, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty deep cutting movie. I was, I was, was it even, I mean, I was high school. I think I was in high school when that came out. I would have been in elementary school when that came out. So yeah, yeah you would have been, I would have been like high school or early, close. early high school. Yeah. And I just remember the, I remember the one scene where you took the computer and threw it in the trash can. Mm-hmm. I do remember that one. Um, but I remember how I could sit there and even as a high schooler, not even close to marriage, not even close to like even a girlfriend, I'm sitting there like, wow. This is like a really hard time in this dude's life. This yeah. is a really this everything in that movie, like even they they weren't gonna like show like stuff that yeah. he was watching or on his computer, but I could see like the amount of like battling going on through what they did on the screen with that yeah. movie, which was interesting because a lot of times it's that's some that would be something I'd call hokey where they wouldn't really do a good job. They'd be like, Oh yeah, it's whatever. He's gonna throw his computer. But it was like, no, this dude's actually struggling, which is a huge struggle for a mm-hmm. lot of people. I mean, what's I think, on the computer, what's on there? Like that's something probably people should go back and rewatch because it's a very good representation of what we all when we're if we're in that situation, mm-hmm. we want to do. It's like take the computer, throw it out into the garbage, and be like, I can I'm completely done with this. I cannot do this. But now we have these phones. Yeah. It makes it even harder. Yeah. So yeah, but Yeah, and it, it uh, I think this episode has kind of divulged into the, the uh, a praise session for those guys that made Flywheel Fireproof <laughs> yeah. War Room good job, courageous. Everyone. Yeah, it's a good pat on the back for those guys. But um, really, they, they do a good job of balancing that fine line that we have of we are telling a Christian story. However, by telling the Christian story, we are going to do it in a way that actually demonstrates real life and doesn't show some fake reality that, you know, we would love as Christians, we would love to have the little house on the prairie, you know, going to the farm, doing all that sort of thing. We'd love to have that, but that's not how life works. Right. And they they really hit the mark in the movies that I've seen from them of this is what happens in real life, and this is how a Christian should react to it, and this is how a Christian should be proactive about these things as well. In, in Courageous... The, the main character's daughter is killed in a car wreck. And it shows how he comes through all that. And it doesn't show him like, oh, well, you know, two days later, oh, wow, daughter's dead. Well, praise the <laughs> Lord. You know, he is good in all Which things. No, it shows, yes. it shows him just absolutely demolished. I think it shows him, I, I'm probably getting getting the parts of the story wrong, but I, I believe it shows him actually like getting drunk and trying to drown out the pain and doing whatever he can to get rid of, you know, to, to get rid of the problems. And then someone coming along and saying, that's, that's not how we can, it's not how you deal with this. Right. And helping him out. The reaction of like 90% of the world, which, you know, if I had a daughter and she was killed in a tragic car accident, I mean, going, going, turning to drink would be, I mean, that would be the, turning to anything would be, be, how, how could you, how could you how how difficult would it be to to resist that urge as, as just out of your fleshly nature but when we're talking about things that are made for a broad audience but christian focused again those need to be very careful um the other final grouping that i would say is uh the people that they say we are Christians, but none of what we make is specifically Christian oriented. So they profess Christ. They say we're Christians. They say they are a Christian artist. Switchfoot. But what switch? Uh, yeah. Is it switchfoot or yeah. skillet? But what? 
Skillet, I think, claims to be a Christian band. Yeah. But Switchfoot is Christians that make secular music. Exactly. So yeah. there, or um, what was her name? They said, don't, I think they're the ones that said, don't, we're not a Christian band. We're just Christians that make music. Yeah. Which, or just Christians in a band. That is something that needs a very in-depth conversation. First story that comes to my mind whenever I think of someone saying, we're, you know, we're, we're Christians, we're not a Christian band, is the story, I don't know if this is true, I'm probably going to get fact-checked on it, but... By who? The, I, I mean, know. I'm just going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 what is it? Uh, two Frenchmen can't be wrong. Uh, right. <laughs> but... Uh, what Norman Greenbaum? You don't might not know that name, but do you know the song "Spirit in the Sky"? Yeah, yeah. So don't trademark us. Yeah, that. That really <laughs> copyright bad, strike immediately. <laughs> yeah, copyright. Dang it! <laughs> so "Spirit in the Sky." This yeah. is a story I heard might not be true, but I I think I looked it up at one point and it was it was true. He was a Christian who said who professed Christ but he said I'm not gifted in making Christian music and all these people that knew him told him hey Norman you ought to you you really ought to make Christian music you're such a talented musician you need to make Christian music and he's like I I'm not comfortable making Christian music I I really don't know what to write and what to say I'm more comfortable in this lane and I really uh, you know I'm not I'm not comfortable trying to do that. That's not where I'm I'm gifted. No, I think you should. And they kept pressuring him, pressuring him for years and years and years. And eventually he said, okay, fine. You all want me to make a Christian song. I'm going to make a Christian song. And he wrote Spirit in the Sky. You know, when I die and they lay me to rest, going to go to the place that's the best. When they lay me down to die, going up to the Spirit in the Sky. And it's got the most, like, iconic guitar riff of all time. I but it was Freebird. Um, no, Freebird is up there too. Yeah. But uh, when he wrote that, as soon as he wrote it, it became his most popular song. And all those people that were f- telling him, you need to make a Christian song. You say you're a Christian. Why don't you make Christian music? They turned right around and said, why are you making Christian music that doesn't that doesn't give good Christian values? You, may, you said you were going to make Christian music, but that's not really um, theologically sound. And so he got caught in this place where he told them for years and years and years, I don't know how to write Christian music. I can't do it. And then eventually he caved to all these people that were saying, you know, we're, we're Christians. We're, gonna, we're not, we're not going to lead you astray. We're going to tell you what's right. And then he tried his best and they still got mad at him. Spirit in the sky. If I ever heard a church playing that on a Sunday morning, I would probably leave yeah, because it's not likely. a very theologically no. sound song. You know, uh, I've never been a it's, sinner, it's, never sinned. I'm glad I got a friend yeah. in Jesus. Yeah, and it's also like the 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 term like, oh, the big man upstairs type yeah. stuff. Where it's like... Dude, Trivializing it? it. Yeah. And so you can't help but feel for the poor guy because he's tried his best not to. And they still told him, no, you should. And when he did it, everyone hated it. And then it became his most popular song. And he's like, I don't want this song out there anymore. Because he he tried did it wrong, tried to take it back, couldn't take it back. So when I think about people in the world who claim and profess Christ making music or making movies or doing these things, I, I'm caught in an area where I think, does that mean they have to, in everything they do, make exclusively Christian music or do they have the right to say no? I, I'm not comfortable writing Christian music. I'm not comfortable writing Christian movies or books. Now, not saying that, oh, well, you know, you can claim Christ and then write a Fifty Shades of Grey style novel. If you profess Christ, you're still going to live accordingly. Right. But does that mean, oh, they have to write books that are, you know, something that Jonathan Edwards would write? I mean, if or I'm do they have Christian, do I have to have a career that's only based in the church or based around like i mean it's the kind yeah. of I don't, but we'll get into that obviously and we don't yeah. want to spoil all of our things and all the things we we think about with this but i think about you know and pause we'll, it's fine i can just edit this part out do you want to keep going with this or do you want to end it here let's wrap it up and then okay so go ahead with your topic here. and in kind of closing 
with with those three. Obviously, oh, there's a ton of. Well, in what a, do you in say? A nice, in a night, we'll, we'll put a bow on it. Put a bow. That's right. No. Yeah, man, it's been a long time. Uh, army camp really got me off my groove here. I really hate that you're calling it army camp, but I don't want to correct you because then you're <laughs> just going to make fun of me for. Oh, well, it's not actually army camp. Oh, you went there for two weeks. I okay, did. You hung out with your friends. Ugh. We did have hot dogs one night. No. Uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. But uh, to put a bow on it, the idea of Christian media and I'm going to sound like a post-millennial I think that as Christians we have a duty to proclaim and profess Christ in every area we can every channel that is open television, radio, podcasting everything bumper stickers on you know or if you have a a business where you you know you have maybe a business card throw a bible verse in there do something you have the ability now to proclaim Christ so much more than people who lived 20 years ago than people who lived 50 years ago people who lived 200 years ago couldn't even think that in you know in the year 2023 There'd be two guys sitting in a carport talking about all the different ways that we can proclaim the gospel, but also find a way to complain because some of those ways we don't like. True. You know, we have, we, we take it for, for granted so much. You go on Instagram and you can scroll for hours and just, you know, see all the funny videos and different ways that people... You know, you hey, if you put concrete on a shirt, you can make a statue. Uh, you see all that stuff from Five Minute Crafts and whatever, and we don't even think, wow, what could a clip from John MacArthur do? And, you know, you start seeing those. I've started seeing them more and more, these clips from famous preachers, from uh, even not famous preachers, just local churches putting videos up on Instagram. And I'm sure you've seen the same on TikTok. Yeah. Uh Sorry, I don't okay, use wow. Chinese like, spyware. I'm sorry. Um, like, what was it like a low blow? And you on TikTok? Yeah, but uh, I just have TikTok with extra steps. But uh, very true. <laughs> you know, local pastors putting videos out professing the gospel. Those do incredible numbers, right? Because people want to hear it. People don't know they want to hear it, but you know, some random dude stumbling across a clip from, you know, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of a single John MacArthur, Steve Lawson, Steve Lawson, Paul Washer, Doug uh, Wilson, Vody my Bauckham, boy. Doug, Doug Wilson, your boy. Uh, we you, you stumble across any clip from them, and you know ten thousand views. And people thought it was amazing when George Whitfield was preaching to crowds of thirteen thousand. Now, one person can post a thirty-second clip from any preacher and it could get easily 10,000 views could easily get a million views a million views on a sermon jam by Paul Washer is nothing compared to some of these videos out there and I think that we need to as Christians take a more serious approach to all these different forms of media that we have available. And I think going along with that is like, if you look at like the powers of evil with the media that pretty much has taken over almost everything. I mean, you're talking news media, anything on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like the number one thing where they're sexualizing our kids. Mm -hmm. They're trying to tell us how, you know, you know, you know, pride month, all that stuff. Oh, this actually, you know, I saw one where it was like Jesus was gay. Yeah, I mean things, things like that where Christians are intolerant and they should. And they, this is such a, a hateful religion, and you know Jesus really wasn't crucified. We're all crazy. We can't prove anything. We were. Or were you there? You know, I don't care about your the proof that you have with with any other things you have to show me. It doesn't matter. I mean the constant attack on the family on traditional marriage it's all out there from these media powerhouses and yet we sit back as christians sometimes and go well 
you know, there's nothing we can do. We just, we're just going to have to sit back and do that. It's like we have, little do they know with TikTok, with Instagram Reels, with um, YouTube Shorts, like we have the power as individuals to take back some of what was lost, mm-hmm. to increase this kingdom that we are building for Christ. And I think your dad actually put it really well in Sunday school. Is he said, if you look at Satan, what is he doing? He's taking over these huge conglomerates. He's taking over these huge organizations, whether it be the education system, healthcare, um, big corporations, and they're doing all these evil things, celebrating evil all the time. But what is Christ doing? He's doing the exact opposite. He's not going after these huge groups, individuals after individual after individual and individually building his church mm-hmm. and getting and, and, and preparing his kingdom and building his kingdom, really. And it's something that we all need to look at as Christians and go, hey, I'm, I'm part of this church. I'm part of Christ's church. So therefore, I need to... I'm not saying everyone needs to go make a TikTok channel and yeah. start... You know, yelling at it and telling people how, you know. But every every person on, well, not every person, almost every person on the planet has a Facebook. Yeah. You're telling me you can't share a sermon jam from Steve Lawson, a three-minute video? Yeah, not one of these, like, maybe, little, that like, That maybe one person things. might watch, but that's still one person. Yeah, like, not these weird, like, quotes yeah. that people, like, that, oh, I'm going to... Like an actual sermon, like an actual like part of a sermon, like you said, three minutes long. Put something out there. Mm-hmm. I doesn't. You don't have to make an edgy one. How about just one about the gospel? Yeah. How about just the one about like God's love for us? It doesn't have to be the, some of the ones that I post that are very, <laughs> <laughs> very obviously you talking about. Like, wow, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about reformed Calvinistic theology. It's not. I'm not talking about that. I, sh- I still, you know, every once in a while, I'll stumble across something from people like uh, Charles Stanley. Oh, I yeah. have, you know, I'm not a, a, yeah. the biggest fan of Charles Stanley. He he had some issues. Of course, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But um, some of his gospel presentations were so clear and concise. You can't help but love them. Mm-hmm. I'm not standing by 50% of what the man said. Or how he lived, but a lot of what he, he, there was a reason he was so popular, and there was a reason that so many people looked to him as a gospel presenter. And in in touch was a massive, and still is a massive, uh, uh, outreach. And again, trying to <laughs> wrap up, I do want to put one point because I know some people are going to be thinking it with the way we've been talking about Christ's kingdom and building Christ's kingdom eschatology matters your view of the end times matters and if you're premillennial it's easy to go well you know uh and we're 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 all going to leave here one day so it doesn't really matter and then christ is going to come and reign for a thousand years and so we'll be good don't worry about it and if you're post-millennial it's easy to say well you know Christ is already reigning right now, so we need to go out and do all this stuff. How about, instead of either of those, we forget about that stupid difference we have, and we get together, and we say, either way, whether we view Christ's kingdom as now, the millennial reign is now, or we view the millennial reign to come, we are still building Christ's kingdom no matter how we view it, no matter how we interpret the verses. Why does it matter what our opinion is on it? Let's get together and further Christ's kingdom, whether it's here or now. And you know what? One of us is going to be wrong when we die. Maybe both of us. So what does it matter? It doesn't. Go for it. That's what we need to do. We're instructed to do it, and we were given the game plan of how to do it too. And just now we just have to do it. So I guess we're going to end on there. What a nice, deep way to end, Jeremiah. My goodness. All right, so that was the first of many episodes. It'll probably be like three episodes. Uh, I mean, I don't know, because I I looked at how many Christian media sources there are. You know, I'm just going to call right now. Next week, we are going to do music. 
We're going to do contemporary Christian mm. music. And the reason why I say that is because Jeremiah and I did three episodes on that. And we every time that we recorded, it went wrong. It never worked. Miserable fa- failure and, three and we, times and in a row. There was one time where he was driving away and I listened to it and his gain was all the way down. So it sounded like he was whispering the entire time. So um, we had some good points on those episodes, which are lost forever. But let's try it again. I mean, the fourth is it the fourth time? This would be the fourth time. The fourth time is the charm. But anyway, um, you guys can always catch the podcasts on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening. Any final goodbyes and farewells to our listeners? Merch is coming. (laughs) Merch is coming. And with that, just remember, first off, you're wrong. Bye-bye.